Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is the Bob Cordaro Show podcast, WILK News Radio. We are back for hour number three, the Bob Cordaro Show. I am he. Great good morning, everyone. It is 11 a.m. in Northeast Pennsylvania, Friday, March 4th, 2023. Yes, this is the Bob Cordaro Show, and I am he. As always, it is a big day to fight for America, defend our values. And honor the brave who have made us and kept us free. So with history, our great founding fathers, and the incomparable Constitution of the United States of America as our guides, let us continue today's battle. A reminder, this Bob Cadaro show, it will always be convincingly conservative, lovingly logical, proudly and passionately patriotic, and reliably right. Well, we convene for a third hour, the Club for Common Sense. And we do provide for you a sanctuary of sanity in a world gone mad. Appointment Radio here on WILK. Honoring today three veterans that we lost last month. Robert Burns of West Scranton. U.S. Navy. He was on the USS Ashland LSD-1. He was uh, in charge or helped with distribution of the Scrantonian and I think the Tribune newspapers. And at his service, the U.S. Navy funeral honors detail arrived. I told you I had the pleasure and the really the awe of watching them at my cousin's service at Arlington National Cemetery this fall. Last fall. We're also honoring Louis Sayo. Passed away at age 93 last month. He was from Hazleton. Served from 1947 to 1949 in this man's army. Went to the reserves in 49. Was called back to active duty for the Korean conflict. And continued to serve through 1959. Robert Brzezinski of Nanticoke. U.S. Navy, 1967 to 1961. He served on the USS Spear, USS Fulton, USS Gilmore, and as well on the USS Nautilus, the first American nuclear submarine. He then did 23-year stint as a corrections officer at SCI Dallas. Those are our honorees today. Proud of them. Well, I became aware of a guy named Greg Rabidal. I think I'm pronouncing it right, but I'm not French, so we'll ask him. He's got a book called The Insatiable Dragon. 
And it's how China took control of Hollywood. A cautionary tale. And he is with us, because we are all over this China thing. This is a Cold War, which involves geopolitical strategy of all kinds, but the cultural part of this is the part that the American left is conceding to the red Chinese, who are run by evil tyrants. There's no, there's no pulling punches here. That's what they are. And Greg Rabideau joins us now to talk about his book. Uh, you, Greg, you want to talk about timeliness of subject? And I, I want to hear all about it. Please tell us. Yeah. Well, Bob, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And um, I, I love the sanctuary of sanity. That is a sanctuary I can get behind. Um, <laughs> you can look, yeah. We say you could bathe in it. You can luxuriate in it however you <laughs> seek to use it. Absolutely. Well, first I got to tell you that as so I'm finished the book, gets published, and you know, talking to folks like you about it, trying to get the word out of just how predatory and dangerous China is. And then what do I do? I, I turn on the news and I see a Chinese spy craft, right? <laughs> Lovingly and 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 sort of lazily, in no rush, making its way across the US. And as you know, it finally, get, finally, right, gets shot down at Surfside Beach, South Carolina, which just happens to be where I live. So I'm starting oh, to get a little paranoid, right? I'm starting to go, my goodness, not only did I write is correct, I, am I in their crosshairs? And I only half joke about that because it's absolutely incredible, the sophistication and the holistic approach that China takes in its, in its predatory actions against us, the U.S., and uh, it's, it's cultural. As you say, it's geopolitical. It's military. Um, and in the, in the case of Hollywood, they've had their eye on Hollywood for a long time to take over the, the film and the cinema industry. Why? So they can tell their story the way they want. Greg Rabideau uh, is the author of Insatiable, The Insatiable Dragon regarding Chinese, uh, the Chinese takeover. Uh, of Hollywood, and I will guarantee you're in their sights because this book is insightful and it spells it straight out how it's being done, why it's being done. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm surprising you by telling you they they know about this book. No, no, I agree. I mean, there's there's a uh, an anecdote in the book, Bob, about a student. And uh, he, I think he goes to University of Washington or something. He's just online, just texting, you know, uh, looking at some sites, and he's texting with his friends. And then um, that night, that night, he gets, he gets a message from his mother saying, why are there, you know, essentially Chinese agents, why are there agents in, in my apartment back here in Shanghai mm. asking about what you're doing and essentially saying you'd better stop him from questioning the COVID origin. So one of the things that I think we need to, and we, I say, both sides of the aisle, because I think the right is very much aware of this, but I'd love to see everybody get aware of it, which is the, the complete indoctrination that China has and then the steps they take 
and they do not respect boundaries. It's not like they go, oh, well, you know, the U.S. boundary is sacrosanct. We see that with above. We see that in the air. But we see now with this sort of beginning of the Chinese, as they refer to it, as the transnational police and agents, and they don't respect boundaries. And if, if you're making noise wherever you're making noise, they want to track you down because they, they accept, they brook absolutely no dissent, no freedom of expression. And so when I hear things like, uh, oh, yesterday or the other day when there are some protesters or rallies in front of the Supreme Court saying, you know, China's not our enemy, well, my goodness, <laughs> if, China's not, if China's not our enemy, Bob, I, I, don't, I don't know what an enemy is. I don't know what an enemy looks like if they're not them, because they, they stand for and take action against absolutely everything that we've stood for, like those veterans you mentioned, that they've died for. And here we have China uh, in their own country suppressing it, and obviously they take steps to suppress it wherever the voices are that they hear they disagree with. We're talking with Greg Rabidow. His book is The Insatiable Dragon, a cautionary tale. Tell us about, I guess, from the inception. I remember the Chinese sort of starting in the 90s, but it accelerated in the 21st century, financing American films and then making sure that they created a huge market for American entertainment which is essentially censorship by uh, finance. <laughs> yes, no, yes, yes, absolutely good point. So, so really, like I said, they play the long game. We know that. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of American companies, including the studios, the film studios in Hollywood, uh, oftentimes play the short game. In other words, let's, how much can we, money can we make with this particular film? We'll take the money, you know, we'll run, and we won't look even a year, 5, 10, 20 years down the road like China does. So one of the things they did was they, they were incredibly aggressive about getting into the World Trade Organization. And so they lobbied and pressured uh, both uh, George H.W. Bush and then even more so ratcheted it up under the Clinton administration, which was even more uh, friendly to the notion so just to throw a couple figures out at you real quick, 1999, China GDP is about $1.2 hmm. For a nation that size of over 1.4 billion people, that's pretty paltry. Just 20 years later, just roughly over 20 years later, we're looking at nearly $20 trillion GDP. Why? WTO is a big reason. So they get in, they exploit it, and they, including film and entertainment. So, in other words, now they have all of the access, the trade, proprietary information, the ability to negotiate, the ability to invest, as you say, in Hollywood studios, in films directly, with the idea that it's going to be reciprocal. But what do we know about China? It's never reciprocal. Never. As they say in China, a win-win means China wins twice. <laughs> so then what China does is they invest heavily. Uh, in studios, they leverage all of the big ones, whether it's Paramount, um, whether it's MGM, whether it's uh, Columbia, what, it doesn't matter. So essentially what they're saying is if you want to get our investment on these films, you need to accept our money to create divisions and stu part of your studio that will only show friendly films about China and portray China the way we want China to be portrayed. And what does that mean? No three T's, right? No Tiananmen Square. Uh, 
no Tibet, absolutely, you know, re- yeah. forget that, no Taiwan, and of course, I'll add the fourth, no discussions of torture with the Uyghurs. So Hollywood accepts the money. And by the way, uh, your audience might be interested in knowing that one of the key brokers in opening the door to this was our current president, Joe Biden, who did this when he was vice president with his old Senate pal, Chris Dodd, who at the time was head of the Hollywood Motion Pictures uh, Association. So what it meant was initially the spigot opened up with lots of money coming into the campaign which Joe knew he wanted to run just a few years later. But the long game, the long run, meant essentially allowing China to create and get a foothold in the film industry, which today, uh, every given year, when we look at new films coming out, nearly 50% of all Hollywood films are now financed either partly or fully by China-owned companies. And when you have a China-owned company, as we should all know, you have a CCP-owned company because with their laws, it's different. It's not like a wholly private company. You're, in other words, you do business at the pleasure of CCP. And as um, uh, folks like the head of Alibaba found out, if you if you don't do it at the pleasure of CCP, you, you literally disappear for a while <laughs> until until you figure out. Okay, um, maybe I'll I'll play ball the way they. They want me to. And now the, the question I think uh, which I pose in the book is not just how they took control of Hollywood, but now we're questioning, does China even need Hollywood to an extent? Because now nearly 90 percent of Chinese uh, film industry in China are all by domestic Chinese film companies and makers. So it's almost like, you know, they, they took control to leverage, to gain, to learn, to exploit. But it, it never works in reverse. The few, very, very few films they allow into the into China uh, have to have essentially an anti-U.S. Uh, binge or tint to them. If they don't, the script gets rewritten to show things like Captain America bemoaning how corrupt Washington D.C. is in the government, or uh, Doctor Strange gets uh, changed from China pressure so the Tibetan wise monk who helps Dr. Strange now becomes a Celtic woman, uh, you know, a looper film instead of a key point in the film where, where a character says, you know, the future's great, uh, come back to Paris, gets changed to the future's great, come back to uh, Shanghai. Uh, it, and the list goes on. Uh, at Red Dawn, you know, instead of Chinese invading U.S., it's it's North Korean, if we're going to believe that. <laughs> they somehow manage to send enough army to come to the U.S. and, and take over the U.S. Um, uh, that's obviously fantasy, but uh, it, was, it was pressured by China, so they spent about $1.5 million to change the film according to how China wanted it. And we get these films that are very pro-China, uh, and you made a point early, which is great, which is it's not just the films we see. You know, it's the films we don't see now. We, we don't see the sort of how Hollywood became so successful and so magical for many years, which was it, it essentially sold and marketed the American dream, which was so attractive around the world. Uh, the glamour, the, the great scripts, the great acting, uh, really the magic of what's made our country uh, so great for so long you don't see that, obviously. They don't allow that. They ban those films. And so, um, you know, the, the, the control 
I think is now getting more and more uh, hopefully aware to people, but you know, it, you need action to sort of take it back. It's not just acknowledging it, as you said, and just sort of giving up. It's okay, acknowledge it, be smart about it, don't be naive, but take steps. Well, two questions, Greg. We're going to take a break. We're talking with Greg yep. Rabidow, the uh, the author of The Insatiable Dragon, a cautionary tale about Hollywood uh, being invaded by the Red Chinese. Uh, I want to talk to you about two things. The size of the Chinese movie market itself, which is growing, mm-hmm. and the potential export now the Chinese, the Chinese learned the movie industry from us, the potential to export their culture the way we've always exported ours. Greg Rabidow will join us again after these messages. 1931, the Star-Spangled Banner became the national anthem of the United States as President Herbert Hoover signed a congressional resolution making it a fact. And in 1994... Although they had a little bit of echo there, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game in Pittsburgh, Meatloaf, by popular request from all of you, he sang an incredible rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner. And we're going to, by the way, people forgot that Meatloaf was a Broadway singer and musical star before his rock career. So he had real... You know, real chops as a singer. We're going to finish today at the uh, 11, you know, right as we go out, with Alyssa Lazar, the local girl who's going to be on The Voice next Monday or Tuesday. And she's got her own rendition of the national anthem, and we'll play that. But right now, let's get back to Greg Rabidow. And he is the author of in the insatiable dragon, how China took control of Hollywood, a cautionary tale. So the, the two questions we we led into break with that that I had were was is I, I know the Chinese market has surpassed us in a couple of years, the American or North American market. Is that a consistent fact? And then the second part is. Tell us about the potential to export uh, Chinese films around the world. Sure. Good. Thanks, Bob. So as far as the Chinese and their own domestic market, so they have uh, more attendees, more moviegoers, and they've certainly now surpassed us with more movie screens. And then in terms of, like I said, their domestic box office, it's about 85, 90% now Chinese made. Yeah. And then, of course, one of their investments was the AMC movie theaters here in the U.S. So China, a uh, China company owns a lot of the American movie theaters. And obviously that's important because that's part of distribution. So part of their strategy, obviously, is to have more say-so into what movies go into which theaters and what we see even here in the U.S. In terms of their domestic market, they keep building more theaters, investing more, and uh, controlling uh, what movies come in from foreign countries like ourselves, like India, like Bollywood, uh, Australia, UK. Uh, those are, tend to be the top countries that want to try to get into the Chinese film market. So it is a consistent fact, 
And uh, I don't see any trends that are going to change that necessarily. The real battle will continue to be, though, on social media and multimedia platforms, which obviously with their TikTok, Alibaba, um, Debo, things like that, they've already invested heavily because they saw this coming for years down the road. The other thing I'll just say quickly is that they've gone from largely being films that really no one really wanted to watch unless they were forced to, largely overtly, obviously propaganda films for the Great Revolution and Mao and the Great Cultural Revolution, Leap Forward, all of that, uh, to quite frankly seeing that there's just a ton of money to be made in the kinds of films that have a lot of desire, regardless of countries, things like what we'd call wuxia films. Those are sort of your fantasy martial arts swordplay films like um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon mm -hmm. kind of films. So those used to be coming out of Hong Kong. Well, now Hong Kong is handed over to CCP, mainland China. So they um, now they're they're investing in that and trying to use those as sorts of cultural export films around the world. They're investing heavily in the uh, in Africa to see if if uh, what they export to other countries will take hold there as well. So. They have a plan. They're aggressively pursuing it, and I don't necessarily see the same kind of, like I said, long thinking down the road and aggressive competitiveness matching it. What I see is, and sadly, because I am a filmmaker. Uh, I make documentary films. I'm an award-winning documentary filmmaker um, making films now, and what I unfortunately see is a lot of just sort of acceptance. Uh, yeah, in yeah. a lot of filmmakers, this is the way it's going to be, and you know we're going to kind of have to to live with it, which is not not what we can do. And uh, what I'd love to see us do, what I'd love to see Hollywood do. I mean, if I told you that there was a democracy of about 1.4 billion people, about 225 million people that spoke English, that are movie crazy, love America, love Hollywood films, you'd say, my goodness, Greg. Why are you holding back on us? Tell us. Well, it's obviously. It's India. And if the U.S. really wanted to, uh, we could shift our focus and basically say, you know, China, we're tired of having the terms of the game dictated by you. Uh, we're going to take our ball. We're going to take our bat. We're going to take our films. And it may take a few years, but by goodness, we're going we're gonna to go where we're wanted and where we, it's a much fertile ground for our values of democracy and to tell our story we're talking to, just tell your story we're talking with greg rabidow he is the author of the insatiable dragon how china took control of hollywood a cautionary tale uh so th there's an appropriate question uh there the the left that has such a grip the american left that has such a grip on hollywood uh mm -hmm. I don't think they'd ever come to that conclusion. <laughs> they have no problem with being controlled by China. They, they, any, any control by the American conservatives would be a big problem. But the, the Chinese CCP, no problem. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Left, right, or center, ultimately, these companies do need to make, to make money. And uh, so if, for example, when Disney put together one of its sort of more, let's just say modern, and what they thought was progressive uh, Mulan version, which was very much China approved, and they shot some of the scenes um, in China, and they changed some of the characters, 
that China didn't want in and all of this. And it was an absolute uh, box office disaster. They lost millions of dollars. Now, if that continues, where Hollywood, even in its most reflective period, says, okay, this is just not working, um, then I would hope when push really comes to shove and self-preservation kicks in, that they go, okay, where, what other market is ripe? Where else, can we, where else can we develop? And so 5, 10, 20 years from now, not only be in business, but you know, be, be thriving. Yeah. And uh, hopefully they'll, they'll answer that with, okay, it's not just China. And I, I see some positive signs, Bob. I, I do see some positive signs. I see some frustration with people that don't want to be muzzled that don't want to not even be able to write the kind of scripts they'd like to write, make the kind of films they'd like to make. So I do see that. The problem, is, as we've discussed, is uh, China has not just won, in some ways, the, the propaganda narrative war. They, they've invested. So when we say Hollywood, we have to be accurate in saying Hollywood is partially owned now by China, and that means it's owned by CCP, the way their laws work. So uh, what we need, would need is new blood, new investment, new companies uh, that have a different ideology or a different set of values that also want to make entertaining uh, and smart and popular films, uh, but don't necessarily want to um, be muzzled or have told what they can make and not make. Greg Rabinow, this subject is fascinating. Uh, let's uh, we've got to we got to talk again. We really do. We I said we went way over where we were supposed oh, to go because yeah. I'm fascinated. I appreciate it. Uh, Greg Rabinow, he is the author. The book is in the Insatiable Dragon: How China Took Control of Hollywood, a cautionary tale. And we appreciate you being with us, and hope you can join us again. Yes, my pleasure, Bob. Thank you all. All right. Thank you. We'll take this break, guys. We'll be back with the weather. When we hear that sound, that means it's time to do the weather. I heard Johnny do the weather last week when they were playing best of, but he won't do it. The Bulldog will not do it while I'm here. I, I don't understand it. But here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Joe Snedeker. Today we've got a winter weather advisory until Saturday, that is overnight, at 1 a.m. Sun and clouds for most of the day today, but then a rain-snow-ice mix arrives around 2 to 4 p.m., then changes over to rain and a drizzle into the evening. Higher elevations could have icy spots on untreated surfaces, high of 45. Tonight, some freezing rain in the higher elevations. Mostly a rain and snow mix in the valleys, low of 35. Tomorrow, starting with snow showers, there could be a dusting. Clouds, some uh, sun, high of 40. Sunny, clouds and sun, high of 40. I I was fascinated by that subject, Greg Rabidow and his book. It's so important. That's why I do want to have him on again to talk about, I mean, nothing is a monolith, even the, even the communist Chinese. So I'm fascinated to, to, to get deeper into that because he knows, he knows much more than just Hollywood's infiltration by the red Chinese. He knows really the whole picture. And again, that book, if you're curious, because it's a great read, 
and an incredibly important subject. The Insatiable Dragon, How China Took Control of Hollywood, A Cautionary Tale. And it's Greg Rabidow, R-A-B-I-D-O-U-X. Greg Rabidow. And that's the deal. Uh, Bob Cadaro back with the WLK. By the way, uh, Saturday, tomorrow starts parade season. It's the Pittston St. Patrick's Day Parade. Tomorrow at 1130 they step off. I think uh, Johnny Lucas is going to be there. I don't particularly care, but, you know, his millions of fans do. And so we point it out for those of you who have joined the club for common sense. Uh, We're honoring today Robert Burns, West Scranton, U.S. Navy. Uh, Louis Sale, Hazleton, U.S. Army. Robert Brzezinski, Nanticoke, U.S. Navy. We lost them all last month. And we honor them today and are proud, proud, proud to do so. A lot of people commenting on meatloaf and the Chinese. Somebody says the best star-spangled version this is the first vote was by Smokey Robinson at a World Series game. Well, we have time for only one more. And that is going to be our great local talent, Alyssa Lazar, who, who we are hoping to watch on The Voice next week. So we're going we're gonna to do her version, sung locally. Well, because why not? Someone pointing out, we talked about this a number of times when it came out. This book by Greg Rabidow, The Insatiable Dragon, is a great companion book. I'm happy one of you pointed it out, and I I love that you guys always do this. Uh, Peter Schweitzer's book, Red Handed, which we talked about repeatedly when it came out last year. And it says, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China. These are two great companion books. And then, of course, anything by Gordon Chang, who was on with Rob uh, O'Donnell yesterday uh, at three, you know, his show three to six. Really amazing stuff. We've got to take a break. Bob Cadero, W-I-L-K. Frank is in the wings. Gerard Mayer in the wings. We'll be back. Thank you, Gerard. Thank you, Frank. We're back. Uh Here's an interesting one. The best Star-Spangled Banner I ever heard was the one I heard after my time in Iraq when I was reunited with loved ones with my feet firmly planted on U.S. soil, incomparable to any other. That gives me chills just hearing it. Thank you. Thank you for checking in on that. Uh, uh, Some people really did love the meatloaf version that we'd played. And we want to hear the, the local. Somebody said, how about any military band? I, I agree with you. But we play them on occasion. This, the, this Alyssa uh, Lazar, is, it's a special one to play. And I'd like, and I'm, so I'm looking forward to do that. Somebody says, best star, Spangled Banner by Jennifer Hudson. That is a good one. I agree. But when, when uh, we heard about Alyssa Lazar... And that she's going to be on national TV next week singing on The Voice. We said, let's get her version to finish out. We, could, we can't play them all, obviously. Kevin and Berwick, 
Very important point, Kevin. If only walking away from China was so easy, he says their influence is everywhere in everyday American life. Everywhere. You're right. Well, you knew I had to play this. March 3rd, 1984, Billy Joel, the number one adult charts hit with Innocent Man. Bob Cadaro back with you. Well, the Club for Common Sense drawing to a close. The Sanctuary of Sanity will, God willing, be back on Monday. Uh, Somebody said, don't forget Kate Smith. No, Kate Smith is America the Beautiful. That's her famous rendition. Or God Bless America, I'm sorry. God Bless America. Uh, Not the National Anthem. So, a little different. But uh, Silver Kingston's not impressed with Meatloaf. I, it, was, it was more, we wanted to play you the live version, and there was uh, an echo. But I, I, I got the point of why it was so good. I truly did. And so, as we finish with Alyssa Lazar of Clark Summit, we're going to give her performance at PNC Field. On August 20th of 2013, uh, in front of, before a, uh, I guess it would be a, whatever, Rail Riders game. But we finish uh, up as well by talking about Robert Burns of West Scranton, U.S. Navy, USS Ashland, LSD-1, buried with full military honors, including the U.S. Navy uh, funeral honors detail last month. Louis Sayo of Hazleton, 1947 to 1959, the Army, both in the reserves and the Korean conflict, active duty. Robert Brzezinski of Nanticoke, U.S. Navy, 67 to 71. He served us on the USS Spear, USS Fulton, USS Gilmore, and the USS Nautilus, America's first nuclear sub, and he was a CO. For 23 years at SCI Dallas, respected by all. And those are the three we honor today. It has been great being back with you guys. It really has. I, I, I'm telling you, I missed our back and forth, even those of you who like to argue with me, without basis, I might add. But I do enjoy it and love it and, and glad to be back, even though it's cold here. So we thank Paula Degnan. And, uh, well, Paul Michaels doesn't do the news here, but I love listening to him. And, of course, our producer, Johnny. Johnny Lucas, he's, he's quite a pain, but I like him. It's like, having, it's like having a bulldog. They do what they want to do. You know, they're very defiant. Uh, all of that. And un, literally untrainable. But he's our guy. Thanks to our executive producer, Mr. Paul. And then everybody does research, starting from Murph to Sheet to T-Bell to Tim B. uh, Kelly, uh, our face, my Facebook friends, Bob C, Exy, Gary, Rod, Steve G. uh, Mark from uh, Long Island and Manhattan. Frank. Mac, Phantom, Gene, Lara, Mario, Alan, Donna. You guys send me so much information. I'm sometimes overwhelmed, but I love it. And 
finally, as we close, with Mother Teresa for the day, March 3rd from Mary Regina. Mother Teresa says, be happy in the moment. That's enough. Each moment is all we need, not more. Mother Teresa, that's a good way to end it. And we go right into Alyssa Lazor. Guys, have a great weekend. Remember, it is the anniversary of the national anthem, be, be the Star-Spangled Banner becoming our national anthem. Have a great weekend. God willing, we'll be with you Monday. The Bob Cadaro Show will return. Go to YLK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.